Hello, darling. Well, hello, darling. Really, when I am sick and still having congestion is not the time that I should be starting off singing now that I think about it. But this isn't about my voice. This is about the joy of music. So hello, friends. I am about to get into the groove of some of my goals for 2020. I don't know where you are at. I have been in my royal mindset, as we talked about on our January 1 episode. And when I say royal mindset, it's not like I'm just thinking about this every second of the day. But a specific application of how this came up for me is I was at a coffee shop in the morning where I often uh, will go and work for a little bit. And I was just kind of hopping from one thing to the next. I was replying to some Instagram DMs and I was editing some stuff for Instagram. And and I was having that in the back of my head, you should be doing something else. You should be doing this thing. Your team is going to ask you for this thing. And I just realized, okay, if I was crowned with confidence and I was showing up with this royal mindset, would I have confidence that I am making the right decision, that I'm doing the right things for my business, that I'm following my intuition, whether it's that I'm feeling in flow of that thing, or even though it wasn't what was on my list, I realized that there was something I forgot. It was just an example of how often I will beat myself up for not working hard enough, not working on the right thing, and realizing this is an example of putting on that royal crown of, am I more confident to trust my instincts? and to just feel that sense of ease, to feel that sense of spaciousness in my time that I am doing the right thing. So I have been embracing that mindset, which already started for me back in the fall. But one of my, sort of my main area of focus for this new year, new energy, is really my mornings, how I'm spending my time in my mornings, how it starts my day, how my days are laid out, what I'm saying yes to in my business. And I'm just kind of getting to that now as our mastermind wrapped up and we got our applications in and we got our registration in and we got all of our students inside. Now I feel like, okay, that was kind of a story that we were working on Um, a a project that we were working on for December and January, and now we can kind of switch gears, which I share to remind anyone who needs it that it is not too late to start on whatever it is for um, that you are working on for your new year. It is not too late to get your Elegant Excellence journal and have that help you vision cast for the year and organize and follow along to really turn your your dreams and your actions into reality, to become more of an essentialist, make sure you don't get pulled off track and pulled into overwhelm. So I really want to make sure that people are not at this mindset of feeling left out and feeling regretsy as you see other people sharing about it on IG stories and thinking, I should have ordered that, but now it's too late by the time I order and by the time it gets here. It is so not too late that I am adding an additional sale as of today, January 15th, because I really want to keep encouraging people not to focus on the magic of January 1 as though you have missed the boat and now it is too late. We are all in this energy together. If you already have one, you can pick one up for a friend because it is an amazing uh, deal right now. Or you can tell a friend that was eyeing yours wistfully and also thinking, gosh, I wish I'd you know, pre-ordered that the way you had. So go ahead and pick those up. They are linked below in the description. And today we are continuing with part two of our very first guest here on the You're Welcome podcast, a dear friend of mine who, to refresh, lost 140 pounds in a year. And I am so fascinated by what finally inspired him to change 
how he's done it, what made a difference. And we didn't mention anything about what he was eating or whether he was working out. It wasn't about specifically how to lose the weight. It was about the mindset of how to make a change, whatever that is in your life. So if you did not listen to part one, pretty please press pause and go listen to that because we just dive right into the middle of this conversation and you're going to be way more lost. It's going to be far less impactful than if you have the uh, teaching in episode one and then dive in here as a part two. So we're going to jump in mid-conversation with how hard it is to change and be honest about that. So listen to part one and then here we go today. What was that? You're welcome. With Hillary Rushford. Say it again. You're welcome. In advance. What is the hardest part? Hmm. I was going to say not eating donuts. Um, <laughs> but that's a joke, obviously. Um, the hardest part for me, and, and I, I mentioned this earlier a little bit, is having to admit that I'm in something, that I'm facing something, that I'm dealing with something. There's mm-hmm. something going on that requires me to do a bit of work to mm-hmm. get through it because I can't just cover it up with food. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's required so much more self-reflection and so much more prayer and so much more journaling. And the great, another great part about this program is, um, and to go along with your elegant excellent journal is there's also a journal that comes with it. Uh, It's called a life book and it's broken up into different sections. You start out with, why are you here? What do you want to accomplish? And then you just kind of work through that. And it's set to take a year to get through this book. So because they, they don't want this to be a diet where you lose a couple of pounds and you get, they really want to focus on a healthy body healthy mind and healthy finances. So we're going to do the whole thing here. We're going to figure it all out. We're going to completely shift your mindset, which means that you're going to need to take time to focus on your mind if you're going to shift your mindset. Mm -hmm. And so there is where you like, you read a little bit and then there are some questions and you answer those questions. Um, And so I think that having that has made the hardest part less hard. Mm -hmm. Um, because there are times where it's like, I can sit down with a blank journal and I can write eight pages. And then there are times I sit down with a blank journal. And I'm like, I don't want to do this yeah. because I don't want to deal with the fact that I'm currently blah, whatever this right. is. Whereas I can go to the life book and I can read a couple of pages and it is very rare. I don't know how it happens, but it is very rare that I will read something and then go to the question section and I still don't end up working out what it was. Hmm. there's something about the questions that make me go, oh, oh, it's like this. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then I'm just writing. Yeah. And so, yeah. I have this theory that there's three stages. I call them like the three stages of ish, polite (laughs) word of saying (laughs) S-H-I-T, where it's like we deny our ish, where you're like, no, no, I don't have a problem. Like it's it's you or no, it's, it's this or when it comes to weight loss or, or beauty, it's like, no, I, I own being fat. Mm. Like I, I, I like this. Like, yep. you know, I'm, I'm fine. I just lean into it, which maybe you are, but if someone isn't, it's coming from that place of, right. I'm, I'm going to deny for me with anxiety. It was, you know, it would be, you're just being overly sensitive. 
you're you have unrealistic expectations like no you're the one that got frustrated or whatever so first is the denying then is owning which is yes i have a problem but i'm not necessarily going to do something about it so my favorite examples are this guy friend of mine who would just be like um he was like yeah i mean i'm the worst no one should date me like i'm just such a jerk i'm totally emotionally unavailable (laughs) and you're like well, okay, thanks, Will. Like, that's <laughs> that's astute, but also, like, really sucks for any girl who has a crush on you who you go ahead and sleep with, but you're like, no, no, but you can't get upset with me because I already owned wow. that I'm going to yeah. be a jerk. So now I can't take any responsibility if you're like, but why did you never call me again? Like, oh, no, I told you up front I was going to be a, a jerk who did that. Or my friend um, Quincy was dating this girl who was like, yeah, I'm just a B sometimes. Oh, you know, right. saying the actual shit. Yep. Yeah, I'm just a beat sometimes. I was like, all right, Quincy. Well, that's, I mean, that's helpful that she's self-aware. But what she's really saying is, and I'm not going to do anything about it. Yep. So you have to. But you can't be mad when I'm witchy because already I already told you. And then the change phase is when you're like, I actually want to do something yes. about this. And I think the reason we don't get to the change phase is because we don't believe that we can. We don't know how to or we don't have the hope or the belief or the self-confidence. So that's why we stay in in the own phase. But in you saying that the hardest part for you, I because I then as you were talking, I thought, oh, yeah, the hardest part for me in this sort of mental, emotional health journey is when when I'm not showing up the way that I know I could and should Mm. kind of when I've failed so to speak right and and i wonder if that's because we're in the it's forcing us to own it where like we'd like to just ignore it and deny but we actually know too much now (laughs) to stay in the denial so true but also you have moments where like i i haven't fully changed i'm not just like it is always easy to make healthy decisions i am always calm in a storm like but you but you've seen the change. You've had moments of it. So, yeah. you know, it's possible. But yes, it's frustrating. And I hadn't thought thought about it that way until you shared it. I am most frustrated when I'm having to own it because I know too much to deny it. But I also haven't changed it. And I'm having to own that I could have made better choices. And I'm going to figure out why that is. Yeah. Um, you've mentioned on your podcast a couple of times of doing Enneagram work and I'm not going to get super mm-hmm. deep into that, but I've also done a lot of Enneagram work. Mm. And when I was going through trying to determine my number, which like so much work has gone into that. And I remember having a conversation with someone and they go, do you feel that this is your number? And I said, I'm really scared to say yes to that. And they said, why is that? And I remember in a book I was reading, the statement was made that once you know your number, that's where the real journey begins. Because then you begin to focus on all of these things that are because of that and all of these areas that you have to work on now that you know them. Mm. And I said, because (laughs) if I'm this other number, I'm a really healthy version of that number. But if I'm this number, I have a lot of work to do. Oh, that's so good. So for anyone who doesn't know the Enneagram, it basically is out of you're one of nine numbers. And then within each number, there's kind of a here's how this number shows up when they're healthy. 
when they're average and when they're unhealthy. Right. So to your point, you could be reading about, oh, if I'm this number, I kind of seem like that healthy version. That wouldn't be too bad. Right. But if I'm over here, I, it, it's the same thing. I'm, I would have to own that I'm in the unhealthy state of that. Yep. And then that means I've, I've got to do the work to yep. get to the change. Yep. I'm also curious, and I don't mean to give you a complex about this, but it crossed my mind one time when I was on your Instagram, and I wondered, do you ever worry about failing, or do you feel the, the pressure of failing, of feeling like you've made this part of your life so public? What would happen if all of a sudden people were just like, and I see that Brian's gained 100 pounds? Or is it feel like such a true shift in your life that that isn't something that occurs to you? In the beginning, it was a really big fear. Um, and I, I don't think I shared on my social media until I had lost like 40 or 50 pounds, wow. which I mean, granted that was within like the first two months, so yeah. not, not as big as it sounds, but True. I mean, for you and I both on Instagram all the time, two months of my life that I didn't share something very big. That's a mm -hmm. long time. Yeah. So, um, and, and I, I feel like that was it. Part of it was, well, what if this doesn't actually work? And then there was a moment, even after I had lost a hundred pounds where I was like, what if I gain it all back one day? Mm. What if I haven't actually made the change? Mm -hmm. And then as I continued going, um, and talking with my coach and working through the life book, I then began to realize that I have no fear of gaining it back anymore because mm. one, I have a coach who will be with me as long as I need them. Not just mm. once I'm at my goal weight. Like they continue to walk with me past that. That's awesome. Two, I have more knowledge than I've ever had before about the nutrition of things that go in my body. Mm. And I know what it takes to get where I need to be. And I know what it takes to keep that long-term. And then three, community. I have mm. all of these people on social media and in my like physical life who know where I've come from and they know the difference that my life is now that I go, yeah, no, I I'm good. Plus also in me choosing to become a coach, it was another layer of accountability where yeah. there are all of these people who are now looking to me mm -hmm. to figure out what I did and how they can do that. I can't be having a conversation with them about you know, what it is they need if I'm chomping on a donut. Yeah. 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 I think it's a good point for anyone who I just thought a lot of people could have that fear in change in general. It's like, if I say this, then are people going to expect it of me? Are they going to hold me accountable? Am I going to feel shame if I failed where if I just didn't tell anybody I was doing it? Nobody would know that my business didn't get off the ground or I didn't, you know, quit drinking or whatever it was. But I also think there was wisdom in what you said of waiting a little while because I think it's the same. There's an adage, like, teach from your scars, not your wounds. Mm. And it's something I've shared before of I'm so vulnerable in certain areas of my life for what a public platform I have. But I don't do it when it's fresh. I wasn't talking about struggling with being a good boss when I just thought I was like the world's worst boss and like right. it, 
that would have felt too vulnerable at that point. And it was a more slow start of hiring a strategist and a consultant and talking to them, someone who really understood kind of in the same way of someone that's been through it or that speaks the language versus when you go to share it on Instagram, you have plenty of people that have not had a, a major weight struggle. And so it's easy for them to be like, oh, why, why wouldn't you just change that? Why wouldn't you just fix that? But I think whatever we're trying to change, there's someone else who's like, well, just don't be so anxious. Well, just don't just drink less. Just, you know, it mm-hmm. can seem so easy. But that value in finding people that you do confide in, even if it is a smaller group and it is less public of people that really get it. And therefore, you won't feel judged because they have gone through that struggle. That might have even just been, you know, in my case, going to a therapist like that's someone that helps people with this. And right. so you're not going to seem odd to them in that way. Yeah, absolutely. Because in the beginning, I obviously my health coaches knew um, a couple of my closest friends and my family. And that was it for probably the first month. Mm-hmm. And then I shared with a couple more people and then a couple more people. And then I was like, OK, I'm going to go public with this because I honestly felt like I was hiding a piece of myself mm-hmm. when I like I do want to be very open on social media. I do want to share my life with these people. Yeah. Um, and I felt like I was hiding something from them that mm-hmm. I knew was going to be a big part of that. So that was the reason that I finally went public. But then also when I'm talking to my current clients, I tell them in the beginning, like, look, I'm not expecting you to go put a post up on Facebook and Instagram being like, today's day one, we gonna make right. this happen. <laughs> but tell someone, Yeah. tell your spouse, tell your sister, tell your mom, like tell your closest friend, tell your therapist, like Mm -hmm. tell somebody, hey, I've got this thing. I I don't really know, but but I'm trying it and and I want it to be a thing because it's important to me. So like, would you just check in and just like see how I'm doing just on Tuesday, just shoot me a text and be like, hey, how's it going? Like, let's have a conversation Mm -hmm. about it. Um, And then when you are at a point where you realize, okay, I'm still scared. I'm still not completely convinced that I'm going to do this forever, but I already see the freedom that I've experienced in this certain area of my life. Yeah, There's probably someone else out there who has no idea that it can be done. Mm-hmm. So I just need to share something about right. it that then inspires them to take one step towards whatever that goal is. Yeah. And we see that that, I mean, I see that's true with the podcast, the number of messages I get of people that are like, oh, it was so refreshing to hear you say that, Mm. or I realized that I'm so similar. And it's one thing for me having a larger platform and doing something as bold as talking to as many people, but it can be as powerful of, I went to my hundred friends on Facebook and shared this, and I was someone that they specifically knew. And actually, um, do you know who Glennon Doyle is? The author, I'm obsessed with her. And her story of how she like got her start was there was a post on Facebook that was, tell us 10 things we don't know about you. It's mm. like a meme that was going around. So she saw it and she answered it. But she hadn't read anybody else's. Okay. So she answered it. She went to the take a shower. She came back and her phone was like blowing up and her sister had sent her like 12 text messages. And she was like, oh God, what have I done? Okay. So everybody else's answers were like, I like chocolate ice cream. And hers were like, I hide in the cab- the cupboard and drink alone after my children have gone to bed and no one knows how much alcohol I consume. And like, I think that I'm a horrible mother. And it was like so deeply vulnerable. Wow. And everybody else was like, it 
was like a cute, fun little meme. <laughs> like, I'm afraid of snakes. And here she just like pours this out. Yeah. But the number of responses she started getting back of, I struggle with drinking too. I struggle with that too. I have an eating disorder as well. And it was like people just came out of the woodworks to her that she was like, I've known these people for forever and they've known me. Yeah. And they weren't sharing it. And that went on to lead to a blog and New York Times bestsellers and all of that. But it's like she didn't mean to hold that space for people. <laughs> like she didn't yeah. mean to be the like vulnerable weirdo. That's uh, I have a, a friend, Jessica, who one of my students who has an organization called I'll Go First. That's about um, overcoming trauma and abuse. Wow. And is that same kind of concept of like, yeah. I'll go first. If I share my story, mm. then it makes it way safer for you to share yours. That's so good. But someone has to go first. My mom and I were just talking about the Harvey Weinstein scandal book, she said, mm. that came out by the New York Times journalists. And I said to my mom, one thing that was so interesting was that someone had to go first. Yeah. Like there had to be an actress that came forward first that inspired all the others. And there had to be uh, someone who had worked for for him first that made it safe for all the others. But that so much of the process with the journalists was who who are we going to get to go first? And if somebody doesn't go first, nobody else is going to come on. But once we get that first, then it becomes a domino because wow. there is such solidarity. Yeah. That's so true. And so I think it is that balance of not necessarily just being like, the moment I have this, I'm going to blurt it out and it feels way too raw and new and scary. But also, okay, it's time for me to to have that courage. You mentioned one of your whys was being able to wear light colored clothes and like not look <laughs> at something in your body. And I'm really curious about your, about the effect of this on your self-image as a man like obviously i explore what makes women feel beautiful and that's so much of my focus but when i first started out as a stylist i had male and female clients one-on-one -on -one, yeah. and i saw that you know it was almost equally as powerful in men growing in their security by visually and aesthetically seeing themselves in a different way that it was not purely just women i then focused on women as far as my courses i feel like right. once you get into the details of style i was like oh i need to know exactly where a pant leg should break for a suit <laughs> on a pair of shoes and i'm not a dude and i don't care about researching that so i'm just gonna i'm just gonna opt out of that side right. but when it was purely one-on-one -on -one, walking someone through a store walking someone through their closet it had just as powerful an effect on men is on women and i know you've shared so many elements of like the joy of clothing that you can wear and yeah. things like that and i'm just and i hadn't even heard you say that it was also tied into not putting yourself out there in dating as much because you weren't seeing yourself as attractive so having that mindset of well i'm sure this this girl might think i was attractive mm -hmm. how has that been affected so i mean it's I've always been a fairly confident person um, in one area or another. I previously was super confident in clothing. Like whatever I wanted to wear, mm -hmm. I was going to wear it. And I have said this so many times, even when I wasn't living it, people would be like, oh, that looks so good. I could never wear that. And I was like, yes, you can, because you know how you wear it. You put it on your body and you do it. 
And they're Preach. like, well, I mean, I just like, I just don't know if I would, if I could rock it that way. And I was like, you know how you rock it? You just know that this is what you wanted on your body. And it doesn't really matter if other people think that's okay. Yeah. Like, yeah, just do it. And I mean, growing up, thankfully, my parents were like, you know what? You want to wear that shirt? Wear that shirt. I don't understand it. it. I had this like the brightest red you can imagine silk button down with a white silk collar and white silk cuffs and gold buttons that I wore around the age of 13. Okay. What kid in middle school needs to be wearing that shirt when everybody's going to talk? But I did. Yeah. And I killed it. So funny that you remind me of Jeremy in that way. Jeremy wore the most bizarre stuff. (laughs) His senior portrait, he's got this burgundy leather jacket yes. like a like a blazer but but leather and <gasps> oh burgundy and he brought his own disco ball to the what? photo shoot and he's got these very sultry expressions oh my gosh and, i love it you know like already being ginger and he's got like this unfortunate like acne high school situation like it was just not good but oh, he dear. was he had such an attitude of like i I live in a small town. No one here is is should be taking anyone else seriously. Like no one cares, guys. Just wear what you want to wear. Like yeah. he was so like free about that. But that is not how most people are. Right. Yeah. And so for me, because like I mean, I've been overweight since I was a child. Mm. Um, but I wasn't like grossly overweight or extremely obese. Mm-hmm. I was just bigger than all of my friends. Yeah. So I would still wear whatever I wanted to wear because I could find it like there were sizes that fit mm-hmm. uh in that and then as i continued to put on more and more and more weight and it became harder and harder to find clothes i it then became a thing of once i found something that fit i just bought four or five of those mm-hmm. um and so i was wearing the pretty much the same thing every day or every week because that's what i had found mm. and i would periodically think back to like who I was in high school or even who I was in college and the things that I wore. And I was just like, I just can't wear those anymore. Yeah. Um, and I would still go in stores and like try to find the biggest size and then put it on and it still wouldn't fit. Or I would order something online that would fit, but it didn't look like it was supposed to yeah. quote unquote. Um, and I was like, I, I just can't do that anymore. Because all I see now is how terrible this looks on me, not how cool of a piece this is. Mm. Um, and so that was something I really struggled with. Yeah. And I, once I began like losing the weight and seeing the difference and feeling more confident in who I was as a person and feeling that mental shift where... <laughs> I still may look in the mirror and not necessarily know who I am all the time, um, but I think that guy's cute. Yeah. So um, I'm okay with trying on a shirt that I wouldn't necessarily wear or trying on an outfit because it looks good on that person, even though I'm still trying to figure out who that person is. Yeah. Because the other thing is like in losing so much weight, I now weigh less than I did in middle school Gosh. and I'm six inches taller. So I've technically never seen this body before, ever. Um, And so that's a really weird experience when I realized, I remember the moment where I was like, okay, I officially weigh less than I ever remember weighing at this height. Okay, so that means that from now on, New Frontier, and who knows what that's going to look like, 
And it just kept getting better and better and better and more and more confidence. And the more clothes I put on, the better it was to the point now that I, it's almost impossible to walk by a store and not go in just to try something on. Cause I'm just like, I just have to see what it looks like. I just, yeah. I just need to know. And so that's really cool. Yeah. Just that freedom. Yeah. I, I would imagine that there are a lot of women who are in that more plus size category mm-hmm. that relate. I think we've been. As someone who is not plus size, I've become so much more aware because of social media of how many brands and lines do not make certain mm-hmm. sizes. Yeah. And therefore, you have so much less available that it, it style does feel more restricting. There isn't as much play. Or like you said, you don't like the way that it looks on your body. So you tend to just go towards what are things that just don't draw attention to my body? Right. I'm just like my memory of you in New York is black V-neck T-shirt and black jeans. Yeah, that's pretty like, accurate. Where I where when I pictured that all of a sudden when you were talking and I thought, I bet there are women that are more plus size that are realizing, yeah, I, I everything is just like a, a plain black dress because I'm just trying not to draw attention to any part or element of this. As opposed to being in the mindset of, A, I can find these things and have joy with it. And B, I can focus on this color is joyful, this print is joyful, as opposed to the predominant thing being, well, my body is the opposite of joyful. So nothing, nothing's going to make the difference. Yeah. Do you notice a difference between your male and female clients in that component? Like, would you say the body image and the feeling attractive is so much more prevalent for women or that that's a major thing for men as well? I think it's a major thing for men as well. However, I will say that I think it is a major thing for men once they've become more overweight. So essentially like 10 pounds on a woman Mm -hmm. could be the thing where they go, oh, nothing in my closet looks the way it did 10 pounds ago. Mm -hmm. Now I'm no longer comfortable in any of this. And I see that because I have a number of clients who only need to lose 10, 15, 20. And I I say only. That's a big deal if that's their thing. Sure. But but they need to lose 10 or 15 or 20 pounds because that is what has completely changed the way they feel about themselves. Mm. However... The guys that I coach that are struggling with, oh, I'm so miserable. Oh, I'm so uncomfortable in everything I wear. They're usually 70 plus pounds of mm-hmm. weight. I have the same thought reflecting back onto my style clients that it it did make as big of a life altering shift for men. Mm-hmm. But if they were more, I would say in this case, if they were more awkward if they were more poorly styled where mm-hmm. you would say this is kind of a socially awkward guy that put him in some nice clothes and suddenly everyone's like whoa what happened to you like it's like the makeover moment moment in a movie yeah. or like on a on a makeover show whereas your average guy you give him a bit cooler of a cut of a t-shirt and he's like all right this is cool like you know i feel i feel better <laughs> yeah. i feel good but it's not revolutionary whereas women all across the spectrum in terms of their their 
bodies or their weight or their level of attractiveness or their level of being stylish, Mm -hmm. there can still be you can take a woman that is a double zero that looks beautiful, that looks put together, but is still so insecure. Yeah. Ultimately, when it comes out or is so set free by learning these style principles and just is like, oh, my gosh, everything is different. How did I just learn this? Why did nobody teach me this about my waist and the V and the whatever? And um, and for men, it isn't as extreme all across the board. And so I, I had that same thought. I wondered when it comes to weight, is it if we're talking a big change like you've gone through that if you go from I felt so uncomfortable taking my shirt off at the beach to I feel really good about this versus I mean, I wish I had a six pack, but, you know, like right. that difference of I am never going to think to not take my shirt off. Right. Because of this difference. Whereas for a woman, five pounds and you're like, no, I'm not taking my cover up off. Yeah. I can see that that difference. How would you say we can best support someone that is going through change? Like, are there ways that people have supported you who weren't the people going through it? You have your community of people is is your girlfriend also a part of the program? Yes. Okay. So, you know, your girlfriend is in that world. Those people I, I would imagine know more what to say, what to do, how to be specifically encouraging. What helped or maybe hurt or hindered at times um friends that don't necessarily get what you're going through, they're just observing it from the outside. Is there a way that that you would give advice on supporting people going through a change that maybe you haven't gone through or you can't immediately relate to or empathize with? Yeah. Um, I have a couple of friends who've actually done that really well and it wasn't something. And I think because I, I didn't know what I needed. Mm-hmm. So therefore I couldn't be like, Hey guys, so here's what I'm going to need from you on Tuesdays and exactly. Fridays. It was like, I, I don't know what I need, but like I've had a couple of friends who would either shoot me a text or in a conversation, they'd be like, Hey, I, I see that you're making these changes. Like, how can I support you in that? Or they say, wow, it's so cool to see all that you're doing. I just want to let you know that like, even though I don't know what you're experiencing, Mm -hmm. I'm so inspired by what you're doing. That's really cool. Like it feels good to know that other people are seeing that, Mm -hmm. even if it's something they've never struggled with, or it's not necessarily a goal that they want to achieve. They're just like, I'm in your corner. I'm here for you. I believe in you, that deal. And so, and then also, some people just being like, hey, I, I don't know like what all this looks like, but I would just love to hear more about what you're doing and just like mm. talk about that. Because sometimes that's it is it's like in the daily grind of chasing a dream or working towards a goal, you're doing all these things and you're just going and you're just plowing and digging and you never like take a step back from it. You're just doing what is required for mm. this moment. And then a friend goes, Hey, can you just tell me a little bit what you're doing? I'm just interested in knowing. And then you have to step back and go, oh, okay. Well, so here's my big goal. And it looks yeah. like this. And currently I'm focusing on these things. Because and here's that's wins get I've already had. Yes. Here's how far I've already come. Right. Yeah. That's a great point. Yeah. Okay. I want to say this again. So one is asking someone, how can I support you? Right. And I think, again, this goes for any change Absolutely. that any any goal that someone's trying to achieve. You could have a friend that wants to run their first marathon or has had their first baby. But like, one, how can I support you? Number two, I just want to acknowledge that I'm really proud of you. I see 
how hard you're working or you see what you're doing. You're the bomb.com, whatever. And three, tell me more about this. How how is it going? How has the last month been? You know, what what are your thoughts thinking back on this year and kind of holding that space? Mm -hmm. Those are three really good encouragement. So speaking of heading into this new year, in closing, if someone wants to change, what would your best advice be? Like it's amazing to think that it was about a year ago that you started all of this and you changed cities, you changed careers, you got a girlfriend, you lost how much weight? 140 pounds. 140 pounds. (laughs) I mean, that's a pretty insane year of change. And this is the time of year when everyone is determined they're going to change something. Or I think most people who aren't determined are because they're like, well, people never stick to resolutions anyway, so I'm just not going to make them. (laughs) But there just is something in the water. So what would your best advice be for those of us, big or small, because I have shifts in my life that aren't that epic, but I nonetheless am like, yeah, I want to do this differently. Yeah. um, It's actually wild that you asked that question because I have actually spent this week thinking about that type of thing Mm. um, for myself and then even for my clients and like, how can I inspire them going into the new year? And part of that is just sit down with a piece of paper and, you know, no distractions, whatever. Just take five or 10 minutes and just write down in what is it that I want? Like, Mm. what do I want this year to look like? What do I want to accomplish? What do I want to be at the end of it? What do I want next year when I sit down to do this again? What place in my life do I want to be? Yeah. Just write that. And then... Just write down one to three simple steps. Like it doesn't have to be like, okay, I want to run a marathon. Okay, well then January 1st, I'm going to sign up for a marathon. I'm going to run it February 1st. Like that's not realistic for everyone. However, if your goal is I want to run a marathon, what are the, what's the first thing you need to do in that? Write that down on that piece of paper. And then even though you know your end goal is running a marathon, you're not so scared because it's such a big deal because the first step is, oh, I need to buy running shoes. Well, I can do that on Tuesday. Yeah. And so that's the thing is like figuring out what your main goal is or what your big change that you're wanting is. One simple step of that, but then also maybe taking some time to think about why you want that. Why is that important to you? And I didn't think about this, but that's just not a question a lot of people ask themselves. Mm-hmm. Why do I want this? Why does this matter to me? What freedom is on the other side of me saying yes to this thing that I want? Yeah. And so, yeah. I love it. Well, I love you. I love you. I am super proud of you for Thank everything you so you've done in the last year. Let me know how I can support you. And I have loved having this time together to hear about your journey. I just feel like I'm winning on the friend front on all three levels. (laughs) (laughs) So good. All right, awesome. When I re-listened to this conversation, I personally took a page of notes. There was so much that I got out of this, even the second time through. And I really want to encourage you to think about what is an action that you can take after today rather than 
just being inspired by Brian. I said this in last week's episode, but what is one more step? Whether you are convicted of the choice you made last week or you have an additional takeaway from today. And also, who is a friend that you can encourage? Who is someone in your life that has made a big change or has declared that they want a change at the beginning of the year? How can you be a better friend to them? You can be focusing on your own change at the same time. And it doesn't have to be every friend under the sun. You can just pick one friend that you are going to do your best to be their champion and their cheerleader and, you know, send them one little text a week, a couple texts a month. It doesn't have to be that big. I'm not talking to Brian all the time, but it just was a consistent every once in a while. I would just see something he posted on Instagram and not only would I like and comment on it there, but sometimes I would just additionally text him to say, I'm just so proud of you. I'm so inspired by you. And I really think that that goes so far. And and let's be the friend that we want to be. If we want someone doing that for us, let's do that for someone else. Being someone who changes is a lifestyle. And Brian and I are on that journey with you. It is not something that you do once and now you are no longer the broken person, the imperfect person that needs to change and everybody else is remedial. This is something that we will continue to be working on in new areas of our lives. There are new things that I am focused on this year that are different than what I was trying to change four years ago that are all a part of the same story. And therefore, if you feel incredibly far from where you want to be today, know that truly Brian and myself and all of us listening are on that journey with you. And if weight loss is the journey that you're on and you're interested in hearing more about the specific program that Brian did, because we really didn't cover those details. This wasn't about weight loss. It was about change, but you can get the uh, details from him. I will put his Instagram below and you can DM him and find out more if you are curious about that. But know that you are in good company if you desire to change, but that is if and when you are ready and willing to move from denying to owning and ultimately changing. And I just want to say, if you can't tell in listening to Brian share his story and mine that it feels so incredible to reach a place where you are no longer denying and you aren't even just barely owning but you are truly changing and I desperately hope that this helps some of you do that this year and feel that sense of joy and peace in your own lives as well oh wait one more thing don't miss this before you go love P.S. something I'm loving lately is a little idea that I gave to a friend she has had a very rough season, like a rough six months of just so many different things happening in her life. And I honestly don't know when I suggested this if it has helped or will help or not. But my suggestion to her was, what can you change or control? Where could you feel more joy? So this girlfriend has been out of work for the last six months. And that can feel like an area where you desperately want change But there is so little that it feels like you can do. You can only update your resume so many times. You can only look so many places for jobs. You can do your best on those job interviews. But it's really a waiting game. It can feel like so much is out of your control. It can feel the same if you are wanting to be in a romantic relationship or you're wanting to be pregnant. You're waiting for some change to happen. You're doing everything you can. I just threw out the idea of what if there are little areas in your life where there's something you can control, you can win at. You can check it off and it is something that does bring you joy in the midst of waiting for this other thing that brings you joy. Whether that is I'm going to read two novels a month and I'm going to borrow those from a friend so that I don't have to spend any more money on them. I'm just going to start texting friends. Who has 
who has great novels that they've loved and here's what I'm looking for. I'm not looking for anything sad or anything, you know, whatever it is that you feel like would put you in that right headspace. Or I'm going to watch two documentaries a month to increase my education. Again, maybe you need to be a little bit wise. If you are working on your weight loss journey, maybe it is wellness ones, but maybe it's not. Maybe you are doing all that you can to see that change. And this is about, I'm just going to learn about something else and kind of shut my brain off from that big goal for a while. Uh, For Jeremy and I, we have really talked about how, I've said this for forever, that you're just never a tourist in your own hometown. (laughs) There is something about having the deadline when you go travel that I do so much more when I go to London or Paris or California than I do when I am here in New York because I don't have to do it this weekend. I could do it any weekend for years and years and years because I'm not leaving anytime soon. And then every time a friend leaves, suddenly they have a bucket list of things that they want to do in New York. Like, I'm moving in three months, guys. Here's the 52 things that I've never done in this city. So we are just challenging ourselves to say we want to do something each quarter. We don't all of a sudden want to become people that are doing everything under the sun in New York. What if we just did something each quarter? That feels like a light, achievable goal, right? It feels like there's a little bit of progress, but it doesn't too much put too much pressure on um, you know, being able to fail or having to bite off all of this stuff. So we kicked it off with a NBA game. If you follow me on Instagram, Jeremy's a huge NBA fan. So we went to an NBA game here in Brooklyn. And now this week we are going to see Hamilton, which I am very excited about. I Musical theater was my last career, but I just never go to uh, see my friends in Broadway shows. And that was something that I wanted to do actually back for my birthday. I thought, oh, this would be a good excuse. And I looked them up. Tickets were $200 more per person because my birthday is right before the holidays. And I was like, okay, I don't really care about doing it that much now. But it gave me the impetus of, well, if I've sat down and I've looked it up and I've gotten this far, why don't I just go ahead and buy tickets for some further time? So we bought them for for a month later. But I think about how there's a lake by my parents' house that I've never been to. I mean, and I I grew up there. I spent my whole life there. And I was like, oh, you know, it's interesting. There's things here that I've just never done. And I don't think it's about going and making more lengthy lists of all the things that we want to try to do to have these full holistic lives. But I think you can do something one time. You can do it today and not have to do it every week or every month. We talked about big change today. And I just want to end on this idea of little change. What is a little change that you could do in your life today that would perk you up? Could you go buy yourself some flowers or start researching a trip this weekend that you want to take some time in the next year or visit your local library if you are trying to save money and be on a budget and just remind yourself of what all is there to uh, check out and take advantage of or check out a restaurant that you've never been to. Just get out of a habit groove. It doesn't mean all of a sudden you have to say, okay, every Friday night for date night, we're always going to go to a new restaurant. It can simply be saying, let's check out a new restaurant this week. So change or at least changing it up can also sometimes be easy. As easy as getting your hands on the Elegant Excellence Journal, which is currently on an additional sale when you swipe up below. All right, friend, I hope today's episode has blessed you. I would love to hear your thoughts over on Instagram. Thank you in advance for sharing these episodes. I think that this is a topic that applies to so many people and will bless so many if you can think of a friend or share it on your Instagram stories to help other people be blessed by it. And I will see you back here next week with grace and gumption. Till next Wednesday.